Hello and welcome to the Center for Victory podcast of your best day yet. Here at Center for Victory, we're here to help unlock, reinforce, and enrich relationships through professional and personal development. I'm Zach Del Turco. I'm an executive consultant here at Center for Victory. And today we have the one and only Eric Guy back. And he's going to be talking about his book, Chapter 8, Emotional Flexibility. Yes, sir. What do you mean by emotional flexibility? Uh, in our last podcast on Chapter 7... You know, creating awareness, uh, emotional flexibility. Most of us, so let's just jump back. Most of us are emotionally rigid, so we we don't know what to do with our emotions. They they come up. Um, you know, as we discussed in chapter seven, we all have to go through a refinement period or a period of pain to create the the necessary awareness to get to get better. But many of us uh, go through life just stuck emotionally, um, and. And then we become rigid to everything. So we don't, we don't like change. We don't like to do anything new. Uh, we stay stuck in, in you know, past conditioning, past thought patterns, you know, all, all of that stuff. And, and and we need to create that emotional flexibility in our lives if we're going to grow. Most people won't grow uh, because they, they they stay stuck because they're they're rigid. So we're rigid in their thoughts, uh, rigid in their mind. Rigid in their their scripts, mm-hmm. uh, but, but what happens is it makes their life rigid, and and what happens is when you can you can open up just your your mind, body, your spirit. When you can open up and be and be open, right? When you can mm-hmm. open up and be open, right? Um, <laughs> you're more open to great things yeah. happening in in your life. I mean, we we do need it. I mean, uh, you know, I I kind of say. Um, you know, you, you think about emotion, energy in motion. Mm-hmm. Most of us are so rigid because we're just stuck in fear. The opposite of that is love or whatever you want to, you know, to use there, right? But those are the two primary emotions. And if you're living your whole life in a place of fear, you're going to be, you're just going to be un- either consciously, hopefully not consciously, but you're definitely going to be unconsciously stuck. If you become more flexible with your emotions, you're going to move and shift to a place of love, to a place of responsibility, Mm -hmm. to a place of growth, to a place of thriving. And that's really what we're trying to help people do is go from uh, become emotionally flexible, go from surviving to thriving in their life. Yeah, this is a two-part question. Okay. (laughs) It's just a little bit of nature and nurture. And the second part to that, how does this affect our health? Okay. So nature, nurture, some of us are, I think, sometimes born with just a, a natural proclivity towards being a little bit more emotionally open. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is nurture. Okay. You know, what we learn, how we, how we learn to stay closed off, rigid, what we learn about relationships, because a lot of us grew up in relationships that were fear-based, that were punitive. Uh, many of us grew up just in schools that um, were externally motivated, right? And we had to have that external motivation, which is was mostly driven by fear. And that the really, if you look at the really good schools out there, the really excellent teachers, what they do with their kids is they they internally motivate them. So they want to show up. They want to do what's right. And then we, we do the same thing in our work environments. Mm-hmm. You know, I could I could come in and and be emotionally rigid 
which I would can say in a, in a work environment is manage everybody or control everybody, or we could move swing the pendulum and then lead, right? Mm-hmm. And have people start to take responsibility for their specific areas. And then what happens is everybody gets to grow, right? Everybody's becoming more emotionally flexible. Everybody's thriving. That then therefore creates the culture and that creates the environment that that company can operate in. But more than likely, it also creates the customers which that company gets to do business yeah, with as yeah. well. And, and how does emotional flexibility, how does that affect somebody's health? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. What we, what we see from, from science is that when we're emotionally rigid, um, we're closed off. And, you know, in the book we, we talk about, there's an actually, it's a really good book. It's called The Biology of Belief. It's by and Dr. Bruce Lipton, and I've read it years ago and, and reread it and reread it again. But when, when we're emotionally rigid, our cells close off. So we're more apt, uh, we're more prone to illness, mm. sickness, disease, and disorder. And if you, if you think about just our, our culture, and I don't, I don't know where these stats came from, but I heard them before. Uh, the United States makes up about 6% of the whole world's population, but we account for something like 80% of the lawyers. Because I, And there's nothing wrong with lawyers, but we're so rigid, all we do is blame, 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 and it leads to that kind of blame mentality. And what you, that's what we're living in today. Nobody wants to take responsibility. We're all emotionally rigid. We have all this money being spent these health costs, psychiatric costs, and and I'm not saying they're not real, mm-hmm. right? But there, a lot of them are a result of us staying emotionally rigid and closed off. When you're emotionally flexible, like, and I'm doing this because that's like kind of what the I, I picture cells in our body doing yeah. when they're rigid, they're closed off. When we're open and we're more flexible, think about what happens. I'm more apt to fight off illness sickness, disease, and disorder, I'm also more apt to have greater friendships mm-hmm. and greater relationships, which produce even greater emotional flexibility. Yeah. So application-wise, how can someone become more uh, emotionally flexible? Uh, there's a couple ways, and I, mean, I allude to them in the book. Um, there's always four challenges that we really start with people, and, and again, they're all in the book in, in, in Chapter 8. I mean, the first one is is change your lens. I mean, take a look at your current paradigm and, and what do you want it to be? You know, um, Gandhi, to quote Gandhi, he said, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. If, if what you're doing is not where you want to be, switch the script. Yeah. Uh, number two is really take a hard look at your relationships. And we've talked about this in the past. And we'll just continue to talk about it. Are your relationships healthy, right? Do you have good uh, good relationships? If you don't, see the only the only two things that produce emotional flexibility and regulation in our life are our behaviors and relationship. If you don't have relationship, you fall victim to addiction. You know, addiction to, and it, and it could look good too. I mean, it could be addiction to work. It could be addiction to other things that we see a lot with drugs and alcohol and things like that. Uh, but the addictions develop. So look to your relationships, find the ones that are healthy, and, and stay around them. Number three, uh, the, again, we've talked about this in past chapters, 
escape that victim mentality because that victim mentality only produces more emotional rigidity which inhibits our ability to be healthy it inhibits our ability to grow and it inhibits our ability to have uh, healthy connections and then for all this stuff you know in this book um, sounds easy but if it was easy everybody yeah. would be doing it and sometimes I have to go back and reread my own um, <clears throat> my own chapters here but uh, I would say if a tip would be to be a teacher take one of these or share a podcast or whatever and teach somebody else mm -hmm. that's the way you you, yeah. know, you learn that's the way you become more emotionally flexible yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is that is that lens example uh -huh. just because I have contacts and I have glasses and it's crazy when I wear contacts my eyes are totally fine but when I wear my glasses I'm not used to them mm -hmm. my eyes will actually get tired and give me a huge headache it's just like what lens do you want to wear yeah. you want to wear the lens where you could see, but you're, it's a distorted lens or you want to see clear. Um, so that was my biggest takeaway. Mm -hmm. um, so if you guys liked what you heard, you can listen to the, uh, the rest of our podcast. We have how many podcasts now? I have no idea. We have over 50, 60 <laughs> podcasts up, ready to go. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast of Your Best Day Yet. Uh, this is Eric Guy once again. Um, his book can be found on Amazon, uh, but you can also buy it at centerforvictory.com. You can go to our Facebook, Instagram, all of our social media. Give us a follow. Um, but if you, and also, if you want to talk to us, yeah, you can give us a call. 724-462-8383. And wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, make, make this, this your best day yet. See you.